Welcome to Miracles in Recovery with Ray Lynch. If you are one of the millions of people facing addiction issues or the loved one of someone who is, we're here to help and to discuss solutions. Hope is in your corner. Now, here's your host, Ray Lynch. Today is February 8th, 2021. You're getting good at those dates. Well, I cheated again. <laughs> no, but at least you're cheating ahead of time. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great day to cheat, right? Yeah. Especially with dates. Uh, Post-Super uh, Bowl Monday. What did you think of it? I didn't care. I, I, I lived for the halftime show. It was interesting, to say the least. And after that, I was done. I did um, go home and watch the end because I wanted to see Tom Brady get all his accolades. But that was about it. I don't really care too much about football. And, uh, you know, I'm sure a lot of people made a bunch of money. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of happy that a Florida team won. Um, You know, it, it, uh yeah, you know, I, I like. I really had no dog in the fight. I'm a New York Giants fan, so it doesn't. It didn't really make a difference to me. Um, my team beat Brady twice in the Super Bowl, so. But it that's a it, that's an incredible feat, winning seven yeah. Super Bowls. I mean, you can't. It, there's you know you, you can't take that away from them. I don't like using the uh, the silly phrase that they use goat greatest of yeah. all time. You know, but. He's well. He speaks for himself. You know what I mean. His his he's got fourteen um, Super Bowl records or something like that. Which is well, I saw one today. He has he has fifteen Super Bowl records because uh, um, he was called racist for winning the Super Bowl in uh, Black History Month today. Oh, really? That's strange. Yeah. But he's done it seven times. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, that's just the culture that we're in today, how we live and all of that crap. But, no, it was – I watched maybe the first half of the game, and I didn't watch the halftime. And then I was out. I went went to uh, Publix. You went shopping? Well, I went to Publix and got groceries because I knew nobody would be there. Right. True. You know? So – and – I wasn't really drawn to football this year as much as I had been in years past. And, um, you know, so it really didn't, it really, I, there was no, there was no team that it, it didn't make a difference. I would have, I would have liked to see Kansas city do a little bit better of a job, but it is what it is. Well, there's always next year. Yeah. Football will continue. It's and continued through COVID. From what he said, he'd be back again next year. Yeah. So, Probably will. Why yeah. not? Yeah. As long as it's not hurting him. But I don't yeah. see. I was watching those guys though, and that is such a rough game. I mean, they're hurtling all over each other and rolling mm. around, piling up. Gosh. Yeah, and you wonder why they can't walk when they're 40, yeah. 45 years old. It's yeah. A, you know, it's it looks very dangerous to me. I saw a, uh, I think it was on sixty minutes or something. It was when one of the players had, um committed suicide, like shot themselves or, you know, ran off a road into a tree or something. I mean, I think maybe it was when Junior Seau shot himself in the, shot himself in the chest and he had that, um, scarring on the brain stuff. I forget what it was called, 
that a lot of players get. Oh, CTE. Yeah, CTE. A lot of a lot of players get it from, uh, you know, the accidents, the forty or fifty accidents they get in during a game. That's exactly yeah. what it is. It's like hitting a telephone pole. Oh, all the concussions um, and stuff. They probably don't even know they have. Yeah, and it's there terrible. was a uh, it that year. I think the Denver Broncos won the Super Bowl, and um, they were they were interviewing an older uh, Broncos player, and he was still. 40, 40s, mid 40s. And he said that it took him a half hour to get down on the ground to play with his kids. And by the time he got down there, they ran the, off. The kids were yeah. elsewhere, and then he couldn't get back up off the floor again. So he said, you know, uh, was it worth it? He said he would do it all again. He, he said, but he would probably try to do some things a little different. And you know, everybody just goes out there and let's run into this wall. And then you have the special people like Tom Brady, who at 43 years old is still, you know, viable playing right. the game. He and, looks, he yeah. looks really young yeah. to me. So it's, it's all in the training aspect of what it is that they do, you know. <clears throat> but I don't know. You know, I'm just um, amazed that the human body and how we can bounce back from like, I, I'm sure every single person on that field yesterday is laid up in bed today. Oh, I bet they are. Win, they lose, really, draw, yeah. whatever. Yeah. They were... No matter how old you are. Um, but you know, the, the, the body is an incredible thing and it repairs quick and uh, it, you know, it, it does what we need it to do. And, and look at the things that, that active addicts walk through. Well, I was going to say, yeah. I, a lot of them, a lot of the football players end up addicts because of pain. You know, they have mm -hmm. chronic pain in their joints mostly, but I, you know, I'm sure neck problems, yeah. knee problems, mm -hmm. shoulder problems, all kinds of problems. And I even read at, at one point, they were just handing them all opioids after games, just handing them out. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not today. Not today. No, yeah. no. You have yeah. a very difficult time, I would think. You know, from what I read, it's very difficult now yeah. to get a prescription. And yeah. Not that that's stopping anybody from getting it. <clears throat> yeah, but no, the the team doctor probably used to just have a yeah. bag. Yeah, <clears throat> and that's what they did. Yeah, because you know, I mean, they were you know, told this was a good thing to do. But we, we are kind of talking out of school, seeing neither of us had put on a professional football uniform. So well, yeah, yeah. So we're just taking someone else's word for it. Um, how was your week? What did you do this week? Nothing? Nothing. I worked 12 hours a day. Why? Well, we're already busy, and somebody screwed something up really badly, so we had to rerun a, a week's worth of work. So everything we did for the last week was no good. Oh, grim. And in addition to the work that was coming in, we had to redo that. Now that's coding? Data. We get data in from hospitals all over the country. They're coded data. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we run it through a bunch of stuff to tell them whether their program is making them money or not. Uh, and they, we have due dates that we can't miss. We don't get the revenue and all kinds of stuff. So it's been terrible. And I'm tired. So I'm then, tired so then it was a well-deserved Super Bowl uh, experience for you then? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, except like I said, I don't like football. I just went and hung out with my friends for a little while. They had a, one of those boards. They were gambling. I, I didn't even understand. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 
But, Simple. And I didn't win anyway. Nah, you just you just bought a box or two or yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah. Well, somebody lent me two dollars to buy the box because nah. I never have cash. <laughs> well, I mean that may be a good thing. That may be a bad thing if you never have cash. No, if I have it, I'll spend it. So I don't. <laughs> <laughs> well. And I keep track of my spending by using my debit card. Yeah. Oh, there you go. There you go. So I, I'm very organized about that. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of the other way, only because um, a debit card isn't isn't a real experience for me. You know what I mean? Like because when I was when I was running around like a knucklehead, um, I throw my check never made it to the bank, but the money that I had in the bank back then it was it was easy to manipulate those machines. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I I try to keep money in my pocket that way I know if I have 20 in my pocket I can spend 20 if I have 50 in my pocket I can spend 50 I don't need to go back and get any more you know with with a with a debit card you know big shot me oh yeah yeah buy everyone their dinner yeah you know? and then you look at your yeah. checking account ah, yeah what happened yeah so I mean I, I still suffer from some of the isms, you know, and and that's that's one way that keeps me um, aware and grounded with with my cash. Well, that's that's a good idea. Yeah, there are a lot of people who are concerned about the amount of you know dirt germs, COVID that might. Oh be yeah, on yeah. Paper I, money, I, I, guess, so. I guess that I guess that could somehow factor into it, but I don't know. It doesn't worry me. I just look at it every day to see how much money's in the account. And I got in the habit of doing that because someone was taking my debit card and taking money out of my account, and I didn't know. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. So I started checking. Well, it wasn't just my you know, credit cards, anything I had. So I started, I got in the habit uh, 10 years or so ago. Yeah, so I guess, I guess yeah. Checking we, all of my accounts out, every yeah. morning so that I could stop it. Yeah, we find our habits and... I guess it makes sense that you do it that way. Yeah. yeah. Well. Absolutely does. Yeah. Yeah. When the addict's taking your credit cards, you got <laughs> yeah. to keep yeah. track of that. Yeah. And and I still do to this day. All kinds of funny little things that I picked up along the way there. Yeah. Little quirky things. And, and you know, they, they become they become second nature. So you don't even say like, hmm, until you, until you right. vocalize it like this, you know. Yeah, it, it, it's funny, the, the habits that I picked up and, you know, just the, the things that I learned along the way mm. about humans and... and uh, humans are strange creatures, aren't they? They are, and the differences in people and all kinds of things. Because, you know, there, there are all kinds of people in the world, but most of us can be put in, you know, in a box of some sort of a type. A few boxes, yeah, right. Yeah, yep. I mean, there are yep. a few boxes out there, but you can pretty much put everybody in in some kind of a box you know there are other people like you out there you just may not think you may not think so but there are oh well, well you know it's funny when you like we I went to uh, the trampoline park with uh, with the kids yesterday and usually there's not that many people in there um, but there was quite a few yesterday maybe about 20 people altogether. And some of the little kids that were in there that weren't family members 
had kind of like the same mannerisms. Like you could yeah. say, you know, and uh, it's it's like you said, we're really not that diverse in what we do. No, human as, nature as is humans, human yeah. nature. Yeah. I think that's why the Bible was written because people were basically not really nice. And, yeah. You know, this was a way to maybe try to rein everything in. I don't know. But yeah. I've heard a lot of you guys say that you, you always guys. felt like you you addicts, <laughs> that you always felt like you were on the outside looking in. Rena said that last week. Um, you felt different. I, I haven't heard you say it, but I've heard. Well, a no, lot you know something. I didn't that. feel different because I, I, I um, family wise, maybe I felt different because I was the the. Uh, but it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't like a, I, f I felt less than. Um, if anything, not necessarily feeling better than, but but I was the one. I felt like I was the driving force. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? In the sense of with all the kids, I was the one that was the driving force. In other words, I was the one that that was the knucklehead. I was the one that was a class clown. I was the one that was um, wasn't afraid to jump off that building. Yeah. Okay. You so you, you kind of were so, impulsive. Yeah. So so I didn't I, I wasn't skittish in any way. I feel felt less than and, and, and drugs and alcohol made me feel whole. Um, and out in the community where I lived, everyone was a knucklehead like I was. So I didn't feel um, less than in any way until ultimately I started using. And, you know, I've, like I've said before, I suffer from a disease that uh, one minute I feel less than and the next minute I feel greater than. Um, but when I was a kid, I didn't experience that at all because life was happening to me too quick to think about that yeah you were busy being yeah. a kid yeah and and i busied myself right into a pot bench you know um that's interesting so maybe there are different types of addicts too i've just i've heard so many of, of the addicts that i've talked to say i always felt like i was different i was on the outside looking in you know i didn't feel like anybody liked me and i'm going to say something like way out of school here that's bullshit Okay. And my perspective, right? Because that's not what I experienced. Um, so I can't, I can't speak to that. I can only speak to my, my uh, experience. And um, if you, if you felt less than, or if you felt, you know, like uh, um, drugs and alcohol made you whole and, and all of that stuff, I get it. I respect that. But, that's coming from someone else. Right. You know what I mean? That's coming from someone before you gave you that excuse. Well, I think a lot, I felt yeah. that way as a kid, really big time. So it was, then why didn't you, me. then why didn't you become an addict? Well, an I don't think I have the gene. Well, see, we'll see. So it's, so it's got nothing to do with how you felt. You just, you just told me that right there. It has nothing to do with how you felt. It has absolutely everything to do with the environment that you put yourself in. Yes, maybe maybe a lot of those people who felt less than or felt different or awkward and when they when they ingested a substance. Yeah, all it of a gave sudden them a all of that bit, goes away. You're not shy it, anymore. You're not 
tongue-tied. I don't know. I mean, I was still that goofy guy when I was when I was using, so it didn't go away for me. It didn't calm me down. Well, I think a lot of them, you know, are shy and can't talk to people, and they feel like that gives them courage. You know, alcohol is liquid yeah, courage. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I get it. I get it. Yeah, that, yeah, liquid courage and all of that stuff. But, um, you know, and who, who's to say how I will would answer that question tomorrow? But no, I never got that that you felt inadequate or different. But no. I, I just I've heard a lot of them, and I know my daughter did. Yeah. And probably still does to an to a degree, and I think. Well, I guess we I guess we all can um, be our own worst enemy with with our uh, um, emotional uh, terrorism of ourselves, right? Right. You know, and I think that has I think that has a lot to do with our own personal ego as well. If we're if we dress up and look in the mirror, we're looking sharp. No one's going to get in our way. If you go out and your hair's not done and you go to Publix and someone someone shifts their eyes at you twice, you go, oh, right? Well, now you're wearing a mask, so it doesn't matter. Well, yeah. I don't know who you are anymore. Well, I, you know, it, it, there's no mask There's no mask ordinance in, in Martin County. So that's another thing that somebody would tell me I'm an idiot for. I walk in places without masks now. No, I do too. Yeah. But people give you a hard time about it. And you just tell them there's no mask ordinance in Martin County. Yeah, but the stores require it or say they do. Yeah, but they say it's because of the ordinance. Oh, oh, yeah. and there isn't one. Very no, good. Publix changed their sign this week. I walked into, I go to Ace Hardware here over here on Jensen Beach Boulevard. The workers, no masks. Oh, cool. Yeah, so I was like, I was like, oh, okay, we, we've got some kind of protective bubble around this place, right? <laughs> and uh, he says, no, the, the owner just says, you know, use your own discretion. I think that's the way it should be with everything. Yeah, we're all adults here, and exactly. and you know, of course, you, you're going to walk into a uh, you're going to walk into a place with uh, fifty thousand. You're going to walk into the game yesterday with twenty five thousand people. Yeah, you're going to wear a mask, but if you're going to get milk and there's four people in the store. Call eight six six four seven two five seven nine two with your masks con- with your mask concerns <laughs> <laughs> or with any questions or comments when Ellen and I return on the Miracles in Recovery Radio Show. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with host Nancy Kerala. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. Together with her guests, we'll explore C. diff infection prevention, treatments, clinical trials, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. If you or somebody you love is dealing with an addiction to alcohol or drugs, you may be looking for all kinds of answers. Let Recovery Radio with host Zach Crouch be your guide. 
Zach Crouch will speak with experts and share personal stories of addiction recovery. You'll also learn what's beyond the surface of mental health, root causes of addiction, and more. Most importantly, we'll explore the solutions and treatments to get you back on track. Recovery Radio. New episodes are available every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. are listening to miracles in recovery to reach the program today please call in to 1-866-472-5792 that's 1-866-472-5792 you may also send an email to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org now back to this week's show and welcome back if you or your organization would like to be a featured guest on the show please send an email to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org and we'll send you an information packet on how to schedule a time for you to be on the show so that we can focus on what you have to bring to the recovery community or to the community at large. And we do love our featured guests. They're always interesting and diverse and a lot of fun. When we have them. When we have them. So anyone who's interested, please let us know and we will be happy to talk to you. You can join in the conversation. One thing we can do is talk. Yeah, you know, and and some of the um, some of the people that we have um, are like so far off of. But I mean, we don't even stick to it. What did we talk? We we really didn't even talk much about addiction. I mean, last week we did because we had another addict right. on the phone with us. But when we're doing the show here we're just talking about whatever's going on in life and and this week's uh happy events but some of the uh people that we have come on don't come on with the intentions of speaking to an uh a recovery crowd and i've always been able to pull something out of there that relates to oh definitely yeah. mm-hmm. definitely and i remember i was just thinking it, it was probably two or three years ago we had a girl in North Carolina who was an addict herself, but she was working with parents of addicts trying to help them, you know, learn how to deal with this horrible situation that you don't understand. We did. Yeah, we did. She was in Hendersonville, I believe. Oh, Hendersonville. I went, I was in a Marine Corps with somebody from Hendersonville. Um, and she, she was, you know, she was really doing good work, you know, because, Parents have a tough time. Yeah. And for a long time, there were a lot of parents that were really suffering. They're still out there. You know, I'm, I'm in a lot of groups on Facebook and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they 
Oh, well, because when one gets the understanding, another, a new one steps in. Right. You know, and you're there to, yeah. you know, tell them, yeah. well, you know, because they, they always want to do, what should I do? Should I let them come home? Should I bail mm. them out of jail? And, you know, the answer is usually no and no, but my answer is usually do what you can stand. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, you know. You have to do what feels well, like, right like what I you. said in the like what I said in the last segment. You know, I didn't feel less than. I didn't feel better than. I just was was kooks. So, what my family had to do for me was completely different than what they had to do for even my brother. Mm-hmm. Or you know, well, I mean, my brother didn't get as as bad as I did before he stopped, but. Um, you know, the neighbor, the, the people down the street did did something different for their child than what my family did for me. Um, so when somebody when somebody is and this is just, again, my opinion, I have to throw that disclaimer out there every single time because somebody will say, you know, you heartless bastard. Um, <laughs> they're looking for you as to be the scapegoat when it, when it doesn't go their way. Well, I tried this. You told me to do it this way and it didn't work. What's up? My kid's dead. Right. You know what I mean? Um, and it's your fault because that's the advice that you gave me. Um, we're not in the advice business. We're, we're, we're in the... Um, All I can do is say this is yeah, what happened to me is, and this yeah. is how I handled it and this was the result. This or, is my experience. You'll and, have a multitude yeah. of uh-huh. results because, right. you know, it, some people go in and out, mm-hmm. you know, in and out of recovery, in and out of using. And, you know, that was another thing I didn't expect. I thought when she stopped, you stopped. You got it. But no, yeah, no. I wish. I <laughs> yeah. wish. But it just doesn't it happen doesn't that way. Happen that it way. happens for some people that way. There was a guy, there was a guy that, was, uh, that was around here when, uh, when I first moved down. Um, he's since passed away. He was, uh, he was sickly. He didn't go back out and use and die. Um, but he used to call those milk and cookie bottoms. Yeah. Yeah. The high bottom people. Yeah. Haven't hit a low enough bottom. Yeah. Or their bottom didn't get real low. But the knucklehead used to say it right in the, we used to go, I used to go once a month to, uh, um, to the place on Midway, um, uh, Florida recovery. Yes. And, uh, right across from the other place there. The state one or the county one. Yeah. And, um, never know the name of it. FCI, Florida Center for Recovery. And, uh, and once a month we would go in and I brought him in and, and uh, he, he would he would say that. And I'm like, dude, like, don't say that. You know what I right. mean? You're in front of people with 20 days clean and you're giving them the excuse that they haven't done enough yet. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, I, you know, I heard relapse is normal when I was in y'all's meetings. Well. Because you don't want to beat somebody up if they come back. No. They realize they made a mistake and they, they can't do it on their own and they need to come back and well, work Well, relapse harder. is a reality. It's not normal. Uh, using that's is a much not, yeah, better using, way to put it. Using the way that you... I like that. Using the way that, you, that I used isn't normal. Doing heroin, no, that's not normal. A normal person doesn't come home from work and uh, takes take six oxys. That's not normal. Right. So, so relapse isn't normal. Um... Well, I think I also heard it's a part of recovery. 
Yeah, I don't think it's that either. Yeah, I was going to say, not necessarily. Yeah. No. It's not what I wanted to hear. No, because no. you're, you're, doing, you're doing either one or the other. You know, you're either, you're, you know, you're either, like I go back to that Einstein thing saying, you know, you you can't simultaneously prepare for peace and practice war or, or practice war and exactly. prepare for peace. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's one or the other. So relapse isn't a... Uh, uh, a form of recovery or whatever. It's it's just sometimes a, um, for lack of a better word, necessity to get you to your saturation point. Um, AKA bottom. Yeah. Yeah. I like saturation point better, but the yeah, terminology it, has been around for a long time. Hit that bottom and then you can start clawing your way yeah, back but see, up. But that's, but that's crap too. Because, because if, you know, you, you use the word bottom, and then and then people people would go, oh, okay, rock bottom, mm -hmm. okay, knuckle face. You know, like you, you've you've reached a point where it's either use and die, or take the suggestions that are laid out in front of you to maybe find a better way to live. Um, if you, for me, I, it's 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 a lot easier for me to use saturation point because when I hit my quote unquote um, clinical book bottom, I found a shovel. Right, you kept digging. And yeah, so I, I I dug through the bottom and I was just digging deeper and deeper and deeper and you know, I look up look up and I'm ten feet. 10 feet in the hole and go, oh, yeah, okay, here's my bottom. No. So saturation point, a sponge can only take so much. Right. I like that analogy yeah. better because mm -hmm. I, I always thought of like, you know, a bottomless pit that right. you're in and you have to, you know, like claw your way up through the mud and grime and dirt to get mm. to the top and maybe be better. And that just sounded like it would be way too hard. Yeah. I mean, they tell and us we just, need to get hit up, bottom too. When you when you hit back up to uh, plain earth, you just do a backfall, a back salt right back into it. Yeah. You know that's a relapse. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and you fall collapse. all the way back yeah. down to the bottom of the pit, but you know the pit can be pretty deep, and and uh, they they tell us we need to hit a bottom too, so that mm -hmm. we know to basically kick y'all out of our lives. Well, I mean that's a perfect that's a perfect um, saturation point at that. I've taken so much more I can't, and what do I do with it? Right. I need to wring this sponge out and and um, you know get on my way and allow and allow whatever it is that uh, is was doing that to to you need to get out of their way as well. I mean, I I don't want to say to turn your back on someone because that's really not um, productive in any way for for anyone in the situation. Um, I mean, I remember my mother used to say like, you know, I love you, but you can't stay here. Right. You know, my sister, I love you, but you got to go. Um, and that had to be very, very, very hard. I'm sure it was, I'm sure it was hard for them. It gave yeah. me an excuse. It gave me, it gave me, um, a reason at that point. Oh, look at this. Nobody loves me. I'll go. Yeah. So I might yeah. as well. So it's a, it's a very, very fine line of, um, protecting 
they were protecting their loved ones. And, and I was one of their loved ones and they were protecting me. I didn't even know it. Um, but they had to look out for my nieces, nephews, brothers, sisters. They had to look out for all of that stuff. And they got to a point where they couldn't worry about me outwardly. Now I say outwardly for t 24 hours a day anymore. Right. They worried about me inwardly 24 hours a day. I'm sure I know they that. Did. I know that. I'm sure they did. You know, and I didn't even care. Yeah. Yeah. You got to the point where just nothing mattered but the drug, no. right? Mm -hmm. That's that's a terrible place to be. Yeah. Yeah, because at one time it was fun. Oh, <laughs> uh, really? And, well, yeah, well I, yeah. It doesn't stay fun very long, I don't think, right? I mean, you know, that's not something that I can gauge, but um, once it, um, I don't know. That's not something that I can gauge. I mean, because my, because the first time I picked up a, a, a drink or a drug or something like that was a long time until I was dependent. So there's mm -hmm. a, there's a big span of, of, of goodness in there. And even when I was, even when I was addicted, you know, um, not when I was homeless, helpless and loveless, not when I got to that point, but there were times before that <coughs> when I was dependent and I was still a productive member of society. I just had this responsibility as well. So it took you a while to become homeless, helpless and loveless. Um, to some people, it's just like, boom, well, or no, they, they kind no, of go in and out of it. Well, yeah, but no, it's, you don't, you don't immediately turn to a bag of rags and eat donuts out of a garbage can. It doesn't, it doesn't happen that way. Um, it doesn't take long, but like when, when there was, there were times when I was a, uh, I was a union roofer up in, up in uh, Massachusetts and, um, I had to I had to do something every single day a couple of times a day and I was <coughs> I was still at work you know so I had to work in order to I had to work until I couldn't work anymore until until the until the uh evil took complete hold yeah you know and well, and, uh, and with my daughter it kind of went in and out Mm -hmm. She would be working, but so she, you know, work, working to use, mm -hmm. but working and then get fired and then get real bad and be homeless and yeah, doing heaven knows what, and then get better and come home for a little while and hiding in the yeah. tall grass across the street. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, well, yeah waiting, for, <laughs> waiting for me to leave so she could go in and steal some. <laughs> but no, I mean, there, there were times when she was able to work, but she was still yeah. using and there were times when she was so everybody, so she everybody couldn't. does hits that same cycle. And you know, the, some people, when they get to that point and their life, uh, becomes dependent on a substance and they go, you know, there's that, there's that window of, you know, the, what we said, you know, the high bottom, mm -hmm. some people that's just enough to go, Whoa, I, I don't want to do yeah, that. I want to be, be a productive member of society. Um, I didn't have that benefit. You know, I had to dive all the way through it. 
I can't imagine being on a roof high. Neither could I. <laughs> but you did. Now it's funny. I was I was thinking the other day. Um, there was a job in Fall River, Massachusetts. You knew, um, and I would be out all night, awake all night, and go to work. and And the, the company that I worked for was in New Bedford, but it were depending on where I was, I would just drive to work climb up on the roof and fall asleep for like an hour or so. Oh, you're until, kidding. Yeah. Yeah, it was a flat roof. Yeah, but, but still, climb it up was on the probably roof cold so, up yeah. there. Oh, yeah, but I was... You didn't care. You no, didn't feel I didn't it, have huh? a roof over my head anyway, so it didn't matter. Wow. Yeah. So you know? Driving and, cars and stuff? And then, somewhat. And then, um, then it became where we would show up we, I say we, because there was a couple of a couple of guys that I worked with that uh, on my crew that were kind of messed up. We would show up on payday, and so we would get one day's yeah. pay. So every day we would show up. Every week we would show up on payday, and ultimately the the uh, the boss of the the owner of the company that I worked for was in recovery for um, when I got clean, maybe fifteen to seventeen years. Oh, and he so told he me, deal. he told me, you got to go. He says, it's time for you to go. You know, I mean, just go die in a bush somewhere. I don't care. Just get, just go. And um, I went and, and then I, and then I never, never tried to be employed again until I got clean. And when I got clean, that was the first job I got back. Oh, really? Yeah. So yeah. he knew he saw you there. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I went and talked to him and thanked him and I was in a halfway house. I went and talked to him and thanked him and, uh, you know, thanks for pushing me on my way to, to, to get to where I was going, which is here saying thank you. And, um, you know, he said, well, he said, your card's still good because we're a union company. Mm -hmm. He said, your card's still good. He said, make sure that your dues are all paid up. If they're not, I'll, I'll, I'll pay them. It's good to have people yeah. like that who understand mm -hmm. and will give you that chance. Yeah. You know, and, my daughter had that, you know, yeah. somebody gave her a chance mm -hmm. and it worked. You know, she took the chance and, and didn't want to blow it this time. Yeah. And, uh -huh. and, you know, really turned her life around in a lot of ways. And I, you know, thank goodness. Yeah. You know, something that we're still, we're still, um, you know, in progress, nobody ever says that they're recovered. If they do, if they do, they own a, uh, they own a uh, detox in Malibu. <laughs> what was You're that right. guy's name? Dax something or other. Um, call 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792 with your questions or comments when Ellen and I return. On the Miracles in Recovery show. Radio show. Radio show. Excuse me. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. 
Can you truly expand your possibilities beyond what your normal capabilities are? It's very possible when you can know more, do more, and be more. Tune in each week to Shift Happens with host Karin Weary and co-host Ida Serena Lee. The world is waiting for you to show off your unique gifts. It starts with healing yourself mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. Once the scars of our past are gone, we can truly begin to shine. Listen live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health and Wellness. Functional Medicine with Dr. Robbins looks at how natural healing and biological dentistry can safely and effectively treat most health problems. You'll hear about the innovations in both traditional and alternative medicine therapies with doctors and dentists, along with discussions with chiropractors, medical experts, homeopaths, naturopaths, and energetic healers. It's great to have all the best information in one place. And Functional Medicine with Dr. Robbins brings it all together. Listen Thursdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are listening to miracles in recovery to reach the program today please call in to 1-866-472-5792 that's 1-866-472-5792 you may also send an email to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org now back to this week's show and we are back um you know it's funny we were during the break i have a uh an aluminum can with water in it. It's, um, I'm not going to do any marketing for the company, but it's an aluminum can with water in it. And it, it made me think of that. Our uh, engineer was just saying that you can't drink anything out of a can. And it made me think back to when I was younger. Um, we used to drink it, drinking beer. I was never like really overly passionate about drinking beer. Yeah, cause I don't it, like beer. They, they, Budweiser had a um, distributor in Merrimack, New Hampshire, and they used to make it at that place. Oh, okay. They used to make it in Merrimack, New Hampshire, and they used the, the Merrimack River water, the, the, you know, the, the spring or whatever. And it was the cleanest tasting beer you know, you could take one from St. Louis and one from Merrimack, and if you drank them, you could you could taste the difference. Oh well, the special one was Coors with the Colorado water back yeah. in the day. Yeah, couldn't get it east of the Mississippi. Yeah, right. No, exactly. You were real yeah. cool if you could come yeah. up with some Coors. Uh-huh. I remember moving to California. It's like, oh, it's everywhere here. Yeah, yeah, that's right. They wouldn't they they'd ship it. Yeah, you couldn't get west. It. Yeah, you could not get it. It was so it was real special. But no, I don't. I remember my dad giving me a taste of beer when I was like five. And he'd probably get arrested for that now. And it was Mm. horrible. And I remember thinking, why does he drink this? It's awful. Yeah. I think my dad used to drink like Narragansett or something. Dawson beer was, it was a, we had a Dawson brewery in this, in the city that we 
we grew up and it caught fire when we were kids, but um, they drank Dawson and then they drank uh, Narragansett, which was another, I think it was made in Rhode Island or something like that. But um, that was gross beer. That was, that, that turned out to be when I was in the Marine Corps, that was the, the beer that we had when we had to stick nickels together to get. Oh, really? Yeah. The cheap beer, huh? Yeah, yeah like, like the Pabst Blue Ribbon or something like that. Sort of like Mad Dog. Jeez. That stuff. That's you know, that, some you, bad stuff. Yeah. I think it's still around. Oh, it is. It is. And Thunder, Thunderbird. Yeah. Yeah. Boone's Farm. Yeah. All of that stuff. Tango. Yeah. Hold remember? it for the kids. No, I don't remember Tango. Tango was like a... Um, it was vodka with with like an orange, almost like tang. Oh, really? Tango, yeah. No, we had no problem buying booze. We could just walk into the ABC store and buy it. Nobody cared when we were kids. Yeah, no, we had package stores. Well, we had. But what the hell are we doing reminiscent about alcohol? I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't know. But you know, well, see, that's what I'm saying. So there were there were times in in my memory banks today that. Um, that I enjoyed, um, I, I, I enjoyed alcohol. Um, I enjoyed drugs until they kind of took me. But when you say that out loud, it sounds kind of strange. I enjoyed drugs. Yeah. You know what I mean? I enjoyed alcohol. Well, yeah, but you get the same effect, really. I mean, I mean, if I if I stayed straight drinking alcohol, I'd probably not have a liver today. Right. You know, um, and and I and who's to say you know where I would be? I I think I think drugs saved me sooner than alcohol would have, because I still have friends out there that are uh, that are actively drunk and stupid. Yeah, they the yeah. drugs do seem to kill you faster. Yeah, or you, or at least kill your spirit. Yeah, or you have to stop. Well, you don't see. You know, I mean, how many really old heroin addicts do you see? Not mm. many. Mm -mm. And if you do, they probably unless started they just started later in life. Yeah, yeah, unless they just started. Yeah, and I remember that saying that like when we were running around in the Bronx and running around in in Lower Manhattan and everything like that. And I remember saying to the to some of the people who would show up with us and just go for the ride. I remember saying, "Notice there's not that many old people around here." Yeah. Okay, yeah. And that's why. Yeah, it it does mm -hmm. seem to take you out pretty quickly. Yeah. Or, well, what do they say? Jails, institutions, and death. You might end up in jail for a long time or prison. Well, yeah. Well, that's that's it. So there's you know. Yeah, there's several ways to be taken out. Mm. But yeah, I was listening to this thing today. It was a, uh, a podcast or whatever it was about this guy in Indiana with uh, he got a life sentence for marijuana. What? For weed. Yeah, <clears throat> it was the craziest thing. They he, he got arrested for conspiracy to purchase. Never got caught with it. Right. Conspiracy to purchase. In other words, he gave someone money to buy it. Right. Um, he he pled down to a year. He, they wanted to give him three years. He pled down to a year 
and had two months more to go. He was out on work release. They came, feds came, grabbed them off a work release. Wow. And um, it never, never touched, never was around it, never got caught in his house. Um, what happened was is they caught him with marked money. Uh, right? Mm -hmm. So that was this conspiracy to purchase. And was it, it a large amount? Well, it was it was a um, hundred kilos, which is twenty twenty two hundred pounds. That's a lot. It's really not. Where are you going to put twenty two hundred pounds? It would have to be in bales. Over, no, no, I mean, well, over no, I don't the, know what it looks over like. The, now, but... Over the over the span of however long it was, it really it really is not twenty two hundred pounds. Really isn't isn't a lot now. What <laughs> oh, they I thought did, it was going to be delivered all at once. No, 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 oh, no, no, no. Oh, oh, okay. No. So um, I'm seeing a truck federally. Coming. Federally, they multiplied it to like twenty two thousand pounds. So when when well, it, how do you do that when it's twenty two hundred? He explained the whole thing, and he said the way that the way that the federal system works, you're not going to make it through it. <laughs> and uh, ultimately, you know, they, they said, yeah, well, that's, that's, you know, you can see that through appeal, but we're going to deny it right now. And ultimately, the, uh, he, he found out two weeks before sentencing that he was getting a life. And he um, didn't tell his parents, didn't tell anybody, because he didn't believe it himself. And um, ultimately, he's out now. You know, through I, I didn't get to listen to to how we get out, but um, it went from like twenty two hundred pounds. You don't get life sentences no. for that. You know what I mean? And and I don't even know what we started this conversation, how we started this conversation, but um, you know, drugs and alcohol put you in situations where you don't necessarily always make the greatest choices um, and you don't necessarily uh, come out the other side as uh, unscathed as as others have. Um, and this poor guy was was going away for for, for life, the rest of his life. For life. And they put him, he, he said in the federal in the federal uh, system, they put you right in a hardened penitentiary. Right. So they put him in Kentucky somewhere and um, <clears throat> Lights out. So he was like, went, and they just said, you're in room five. So he had to walk, he didn't walk him to his room or anything. Just so oh, he had to go find it. He had to go. Yeah. He went and found it the next morning, five o'clock in the morning, the doors open up. There's two guys there. Who are you? Why are you here? This, that, the other thing. We want your paperwork. They wanted to know who he was, who they, right. who they got ended up. Well, they should know. Yeah. So the funny thing was, is he said, um, no, they don't know because he's brand new. Yeah, these, but are, these, they, are, these are jailbirds. These are, these are guys that are oh, in jail. These are cons. Oh, oh, oh. They want to know who came in. So um, he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll, you know, he told them. And they're like, life for weed? Come on. <laughs> they don't you know, even like, believe it. Yeah, tell us another thing. And he goes, no, I'm telling you, you know. So he says, uh, you, they told him, you have 30 days to get your stuff here. Or bad things will happen. Oh, Lord. 
because nobody's going to accept you until we know who you are. It's a, it's a hidden penitentiary, right. right? It's a, you know, and um, he went down to, uh, he went down in the morning to breakfast or whatever. And uh, there was another guy from Louisiana, there, not Louisiana, Illinois, there. And uh, this is in Texas that he got caught. That's the thing that's crazy. Oh, yeah, but the federal prison system is completely he's, different. He's never been in Texas. Never stepped oh, in. really? Never stepped in Texas. So why is he being prosecuted Because in Texas? the money went from oh. him to Texas. That just sounds really bad. Yeah, exactly. So uh, it, was, it was just a horror show, you know, and... Um, it sounds like it. You know, I, I, I just, I'm just grateful that none of that really happened to me along the way, you know. I mean, uh, his family was 15 hours away from him. They supported him 100%, but I mean, like, how, you know. How, yeah, like, but they can't really come no. there all the time. They're probably having to work to make money for his defense. No, I mean, yeah. That, that's not cheap stuff. No, so, so they, automatically, they automatically put that family working for the prison system. Right. You know what I mean? Even here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know about Martin County, but St. Lucie County was, was horrible. Oh, it's the same. I don't know what they're doing now, but it you know it used to be the canteen. And yeah, well, they took, it was like five bucks a day. Yeah, Wasn't more it? than that, and they yeah. take they took a percentage of it. You had to buy yeah. it, in, you know, like forty, fifty dollar yes dollars at a time, yeah. and then to and then talk they, on the yeah. phone. Uh huh. I think they may use iPads or something now. Oh yeah. I think they. I think they may no, have been going to that. Stupid cameras. Well, that's if you could go visit, but you know, just uh, to call every day. Yeah, well, you can't. You're barred. Yeah, well, I was, <laughs> I was in St. Lucie County. Not that it was killing me not to go, believe me. Yeah. But, no, I, you know, it gave her something to do. You know, something oh, to yeah. look forward to. Yeah. But, no, she would call me every night, and mm -hmm. that was very expensive. Yeah. And, you know, you, you have received a call from Right, right. And then, you yeah. you know, your 20 minutes are up, mm -hmm. and she would have to call back and pay again yeah, right. if would, we wanted would to give keep you, talking. It would give you, like, a three-minute, it would give you a three-minute and then a one-minute. Right. Yeah. And then it would just cut. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, yeah. if she was allowed to and could call back, then it would be another yeah. five bucks or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. I don't remember now, but I spent a lot of yeah, money on that stuff. Yeah, I putting some stupid money in that account. Yeah. yeah it was, and, you know, they used the money in the account to barter for things. So it's all, uh, it's all very interesting. Really? Yep. Yeah. Okay. We, we kind of like lost time. Yeah, here. Yeah. We're just going to need to wrap. So with that, that's a wrap. With Miracles in Recovery. Hope is in your corner. That it is. Good night, everybody. Good night. Stay blessed. Thank you for joining us this week for Miracles in Recovery. Be sure to listen again for another edition with your host, Ray Lynch, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Have a great week. Hope is in your corner.